Hello, everyone. It's 2022, and this is the first episode of Talking Kotlin. I'm trying to be very, very professional here with my intro. That Seb that doesn't come back and say, "Oh, you screwed it up again." Hello, Seb. How are you doing? Hey, how are you? That was a pretty good job, honestly. You know, a couple good, of right? critique points, but you know, I mean, for this show, it's it's up there. And uh, so, how's your uh, how's your January been so far? It's been just amazing. So I, I took some time off and I came back to, I think, 180 Slack messages that were unread. Um, luckily, it turned out that about 100 of, 110 of them were uh, U-Track notifications telling me something is overdue. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that was that was okay. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, love, I love how you put the, I took some time off. Like, you literally, this is your yeah. second day of work, right? You, yeah. you took the entire month off. Well, so, it was yeah. also my first vacation of the year, so you know. <laughs> oh, oh, it's your first vacation of the year. Oh, yeah. okay. Wow, that's that's yeah. great. You're you're starting well, right? From January. <laughs> 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 so our guest today, uh, which I'm going to allow you to introduce, uh, said to me beforehand, said, "Um, you know, do I need to prepare anything apart from the weather report?" <laughs> so, <laughs> Nice. Like our fame has become so damn good. So who's our guest today? We're talking today to uh, Yid Boyar, who can introduce himself because we didn't plan this out beforehand. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Yid. Uh, I work in the Android team. Uh, mostly on these like libraries we write for Android developers to write Android applications. And we've been using a lot of Kotlin. So we're talking about how they about that. Uh, sorry, like when do I report the weather? Wait, <laughs> we're going to ask you. Oh, wait, I'm sorry about that. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes. Uh, so uh, how's the weather where you are? <laughs> so I'm in the Bay Area in the U United States. So it's cold. It's like five degrees Celsius, but that's oh. also because it's very early. It's like 8 a.m. Oh, uh, wow. So it's going to be like a nice, beautiful 18 Celsius almost today. Oh, nice. I'm excited. It's been so, very um, cold here. I, because I, mean, I, was look, I was looking at that dead panda in the corner of your room thinking, <laughs> like, what is it, too hot? <laughs> Apparently, it's too cold. It's, it's the winter sleep. It takes a while. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so you're basically in the same um, kind of like climate as I am, right? It's it's like six degrees in the morning and then gets to a nice 15, 16 degrees. I'm Celsius. very jealous. Um, well, yeah. We're not interested in your weather, uh, I know. Seb, because it's always cold, dull, and <laughs> yeah, cloudy. It is. But I, when, I went, when I went outside today, it was nice and mild. And by the time I came back, I literally couldn't see five meters because I just had snow stuck to my glasses. Uh, it was, yeah. It was quite the adventure. Yeah, they keep I asking me. I felt like you. a polar explorer. And people keep yeah. asking me, so how come you didn't end up moving to Munich? <laughs> There's why. <laughs> yeah, Not you, I, Seb. I mean, the, the weather. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I might play a little bit of a role, right? But, you know. Yeah. Anyway. So, here, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to uh, lately. So, lately, so we, we have been... Uh, yeah, we introduced Kotlin whatever like five, five, six years ago to Android, but like it's always it's a hassle to change the 
primary language in a like large ecosystem. So recently, last couple of years, we've been focusing more and more Kotlin. So from the Kotlin perspective of things, uh, we've been actually trying to move libraries to Kotlin. Uh, now, Kotlin is amazing where, you know, if you're using Java, you can still use Kotlin. That's great. But you also, if you are using Kotlin and using your library in Java, it's kind of like doesn't fit. You know, the APIs are not like Kotlin. Uh, they're okay, uh, but they're not the great. So we're trying to change it around where we move these libraries to Kotlin. So they look great from Kotlin and not that great from the other programming language. Uh, which is a big challenge because you have to do this without breaking your APIs. So if someone was using it from uh, from Java, it still works today. So in terms of Kotlin, that's one thing. And of course, we closely follow everything else in the Kotlin world as well from the new Kotlin symbol processing. So we can hopefully forget about KPT and just use a much faster processing line for our like database library or other things like you know, making libraries that maybe not only work on Android and somewhere else too. Yeah, I think I think some people forgot about Capt even before KSP. <laughs> <laughs> Love at first sight. <laughs> but um, but what, like, what were your origins in in Kotlin? Like, how did you come about with Kotlin? I do so like before before Android. I did like out of web development, and before that, I did out of Flash. I don't know if anyone Ooh. used like Flash and ActionScript here. <laughs> Maybe it's like too old. No, I know what it was. Seb doesn't. He wasn't even born. What do you mean? I'm I'm the generation that grew up with Flash games, you know? Oh, like cool, wow. cool math games, whatever, all that kind of stuff, you know? I've only mm. heard good things about Flash, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you get your news. I want the same yeah. source. <laughs> but it's like Flash had this language ActionScript, which was like, you know, I think like really, really good language for the time. And then when I started writing Android, I'm like, what is this? I mean, I, I wrote Java before, but you know, it's not the most loveliest language, let's say, when you're coming from there. So I always looked at alternatives. Like I tried Ruby with Android, like Scala. That was very promising. So I spent some time like trying to use Scala on Android. And when I joined the Android team, I was like, I'm going to convince them to have Scala standard library in the framework so you could <laughs> use, because like it was huge, so you couldn't really practically use Scala. So I'm going to convince them. And this is, when did I join? I, I joined 2013 to Google or 14, something like that. Uh, so anyways, uh, what happened with Scouts, I kind of forget what I wrote after a month. Like, it was just very hard for me. <laughs> somehow, I think like around 2014, I found Kotlin. And I remember like the the front page of Kotlin had these sneakers on the photo. It's like, uh, oh God, I remember that. I'm like, this is very unprofessional. <laughs> but it's coming from JetBrace, so I'll take a look at it. And that was kind of it. Uh, I did Enjoy it a lot. <laughs> what happens? Don't get too sad. It was your idea. It's good. I, I, I like Scotland website used to be on Confluence, and and when I started to do like some helping with product marketing, I I put it over outside of Confluence, and I was looking for some hipster style image, and I found those sneaker <laughs> sneakers. <laughs> you actually remember the shoes? Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it is very hipster, but like 
when you try a lot of languages, you kind of, you know, a hipster language is not necessarily what you want initially. <laughs> now we need a tuxedo. Cotton is enterprise. Yeah. Now we need a tuxedo or a suit. Uh, uh, yeah, please, uh, to make make more serious. But anyways, then like, in terms of Google, okay, so the, the, the thing is, I do believe I have the first Kotlin COVID in Android. Wow, so really? Super proud of. I mean, didn't fact check, but it's very, very unlikely someone else merged in the Kotlin code before I did. Uh, and that happened. So we were working on this thing called data mining. So I said like, like Flash and Flex had this thing called data mining. You could just like bind stuff from your uh, XML, which also happened to have XML like Android. So we were working on this thing called data mining and like Gotta generate some code, uh, and to generate co- some code, I think it was called like free marker XML. I forgot that there was a way to generate code. Like this is before Java Poet and Kotlin Poet was a thing, uh, so you really didn't have a good like code generation library. So I convinced Chet Haas and George Mont. So like Chet was. My manager, George was lead. I'm like, look at this thing. Instead of using a templating language, why can't we just use Kotlin here? And that's the, that's where I could excuse it. So they didn't let me write any of it in Kotlin except for the code generation part because it looks like a templating language. I'm like, cool, I'll buy that. So that's how it started. I looked at the commit. It's 2014, like sometime in December. Nice. And then how did it kind of spiral from there? Oh, no, I cannot claim, claim the credit for that one. No one really cared. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, maybe I can claim some credit. But like, I think, you know, we, we don't really live in a bubble. So people start seeing this more and more. Uh, like over time, George started liking it. So one by one, you get more people talking about it. I, like I remember talking with, I think, Roman uh, those times, like about this new language JetBrains is working on. And then eventually we started to take it more serious. The Android community started picking it up. Uh, and then the rest was, I think, I did, when did we announce it? 2017? Yes. Okay. So like around like probably end of 16, beginning of 17, like we started seriously looking at this. I mean, adding a language to an ecosystem is a very, very difficult decision because if it doesn't work, you cannot roll it back. Uh, so it's just like kind of a one-way street. So we did a lot of scrutiny around like this language, like can this thing succeed? Uh, a lot of work, a lot of funding, of course, to support that. Uh, but it all worked out. In, in fact, by so we we announced Kotlin in 2017. We also had this a bunch of like new set of libraries, and for those libraries, we couldn't use Kotlin. All of the code written for those libraries that doesn't ship in the client were written in Kotlin. So by that time, you were able to use Kotlin unless you ship it onto the device. And and with that official release, and a couple of years later, now we are allowed to ship Kotlin into the device. It's, it's very complicated. Like when you write the library, you don't want to have dependencies that will upset your customers, even though they might be wrong. You just don't get to say that custom is always right. So that's why it took us a while to like, we use Kotlin a lot. And now we can finally just write the libraries in Kotlin for the last you know, two years or so. I mean, during this time until 2017, when you when you made it official, surely f- 
folks from the Android community were coming to you and and saying, why aren't you supporting this if you're actually using it yourselves? Like, were you having these types of conversations? Uh, yeah, I mean, this. I remember a lot of Kotlin critics were, look at the Google code. They're not using Kotlin, hence it's going to fail. Uh, and I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like a lot more complicated than that. Uh, we did have that conversation a lot. Frankly, uh, I mean, very similar like Google internally. So Google apps matter a lot for us, obviously. And internally, Google had like, I think four languages approved to use in the whole Google repository for or five. Like, getting one more language into there is like a months long process uh, plus funding. So it take it, Take like it's not that Google engineers don't want to use it; it's just they're not allowed to use it. Period. Uh, so those things take a very long time when you're like a big established company. Uh, I'm not gonna go into the reasons of that. Like I don't necessarily agree with all of them, but you know, uh, we could have also ended up with Scala if it wasn't so strict. <laughs> you know, that was like my initial plan when I joined the Android team. Hopefully, no one took me serious. <laughs> <laughs> This could have been talking Scala, you know? I'm just saying. Yeah, who knows? So when all of this started, did people just kind of, like, they, they learned about it and then they kind of got on board immediately? Or was it a, a long and hard process of, of convincing people internally? Did people, were they, were they really adamant and said, eh, I'd rather not, is it really worth it? What kind of conversations did you have to have there to, to really get it going? Oh, they... they oftentimes difficult conversations. I mean, eventually when you're like an ecosystem of years, you have to be very, very conservative on what you add there. Uh, so it's not too different than what we see in the public and like Kotlin is syntactic sugar. I'm like, no, but it's also nice if it is syntactic sugar uh, or, you know, there was a lot of performance concerns and the worst part of this, they're not necessarily f like founded by facts. It's like, oh, that must be slow. Uh, so that was one of the things. Now, parts of it was possibly right. Like, you know, compilation is slow. Yeah, like the, the compiler does more for you. It's going to take more time. Um, there was one common complaint, IDE performance, which <laughs> I think is probably still a complaint, but that, that was a concern. Uh, all these, like, very smart things you do, eh, you know, you should just not make them that clever. Like, people compare, like, how you can edit Java code or like use VS code much lighter. And they just don't have the features and they're cool with it. Uh, maybe like the kind of conversations, like I, I don't want to discredit them and there is always a lot of concerns. Uh, there is the problem of like, you know, especially at the time it was just the language of JetBrains. You know, you could just, you know, sell to some other company that doesn't like Google and uh, not to name names and we'll be in a very <laughs> difficult situation. But like as part of this effort, there was also the Kotlin Foundation that was established. So you you kind of you know uh, make the executives feel not too uncomfortable with this change. Uh, there was a like a very valid concern. You just grind this over time, like one by one. Just get to get, like I remember actually Steph, the, who was our uh, director of product at that time. One day, so she used to commit from Seattle to Bay Area. And one day, like she was, we were just talking to her, and she said she spent her flight writing Kotlin code, and she was very excited. And like, you can, if you can get them to write Kotlin code, 
like as the key to convince people. You know, I just use it, and if you don't like, okay, you'll take it back. And almost no one ever did that. Yeah, someone once asked me, like, um, you know, you have this functionality in the IDE that is convert Java code to Kotlin. Don't you have the reverse? I'm like, no one's really asked for it. <laughs> I mean, you could just roll back your commit if you don't like it. But so yeah. there, I mean, there are there has been discussions around that actually too, because like for, I don't think they went to anywhere. But if you're this company, is like a very, very strict rule on what dependencies you can add to your application and Kotlin doesn't make the cut. Uh, that was discussions about converting it back. But that, I mean, that never happened. So talking about the libraries, I mean, I can imagine even making a library, you know, for one target audience. I mean, if you're in JavaScript, you make it for the JavaScript folks. You make it in Java, you make it for the Java folks. Um, okay. I mean, there's maybe other languages that could use it, but how did people feel about the quote unquote extra effort of having to do this when you started to write these libraries uh, in Kotlin? I actually, the part also in the Android X or Jetpack, whatever, like we call these libraries Jetpack. Let's, let's put it that way. Uh, because no one really knows the real name. But <laughs> there we have a couple of like, there's, around 100, 200 people contributing to code base. So we have some like guidelines on how you can have these public APIs, they get reviewed, whatnot. So when we're introducing Kotlin, we just need to have these guidelines. Okay, these are the things you do and these are the things you don't use. Uh, for example, uh, you know, extension functions, which are great, uh, but we tell people, okay, whenever you use an extension function, you need to make sure it looks nice from Java as well. So like there's some API suggestions that if you were just targeting Kotlin, you would do it, but now we tell you not to do it. Or it's even harder, like when you're converting an existing library from Java to Kotlin, you need to keep it binary compatible so that if someone is using it and they update the library, it still works. They don't need to recompile anything. And for that to support, like, Using properties whatnot is not always trivial because of what Kotlin would generate. So kind of sometimes like old, right Kotlin Java style. So it is a learning, but uh, to be honest, the direction is mostly other way around where people want to move their libraries to Kotlin and we're telling them to stop. Like, please don't yet. We are not ready to do this. Now, you know, we need to make sure our API tracking is working properly, our documentation is working properly. Like You have to prepare all those things. Uh, and the same discussion goes for anything futuristic in Kotlin too, like for things like Kotlin multi-platform. You have this whole cu custom pipeline of API tracking. In fact, how do you even do API tracking multi-platform? I have no idea. But until we figure that out, we cannot ship libraries and then potentially break people if there's a potential to break people, I'm sure we're going to break somebody with just too many clients. So the first question here is, you did mention a guide. Is is this just stuff that you have internally or is that something that the community could reference somehow? Uh, unfortunately, most of it is internal. And there has been many discussions to like, can we make this public because like they don't necessarily need to be internal. Uh, all of the tooling is open source. So the tooling that like, we have some links, but the most of them I check like more manually. Uh, you know, all the documentation API tracking, these are all open source, 
but they're not really products that you cannot just easily grab one of them and use it yourself, which is something we've been talking about a lot. But when it comes to prioritization, that's not very easy to do. And then my my other follow-up question would obviously be, well, you did introduce Kotlin in some parts uh, of, of the whole ecosystem. What, why, why these parts? What makes them different? And how, how do you tackle, in that context, how do you tackle the problems you just mentioned with everything from API tracking to binary compatibility? No, I mean we implemented those things, like all the all the infrastructure to to track those. I mean, we already had binary compatibility tracking. The problem is that uh, we it it was kind of based on the, I think Matt, what does uh, UAST? That's the thing that's coming from JetBrains. The PSI, not PSI, UAST. Oh, okay, UAST. Yeah, so it's it's based on UAST and. It worked fine with Java. As we moved to Kotlin, we found a lot of bugs that like it didn't support. In fact, I think we are going to pull it back to PSI and just write anyone that doesn't use UAST because apparently it's okay to represent the common, but it's not good enough to represent what you will see from Kotlin. It's something like that. Uh, I don't understand these very well. I'm just talking. So we wrote those things, and but we, we don't also go and blindly move a library to Kotlin because it's cooler. Uh, you still want to have a reason. So it's like one of the good reasons is core things. Uh, in Android, for so many years, we suffered from not having a recommended way of doing concurrency. We just like we just didn't because it's Rx Java executors Guava. But we didn't have anything. We couldn't say people use it with this. And then we made that call uh, like a year or two ago. We're like, you know what? Everybody use Coritins. We're going to use that. And once we did that, that became like any library that does any asynchronous work. Uh, instantly, you have a very good reason to move to Kotlin. So we moved this library we call paging to Kotlin because it like heavily, heavily uses streams internally. Uh, that helped a lot. So it's like all like we're moving room. We're moving a couple more libraries, but there's always a good reason they're going to benefit from Kotlin. So you talk about coroutines, and um, I I mean, <laughs> for folks that aren't aware, still after five years, I am not an Android developer, huh. uh, but I have heard uh, a common kind of like I I wouldn't say joke, but a meme in the Android community that. You know, every year there's a different way to do asynchronous programming and uh, Google recommends different things, right? Um, what, like, from your perspective, how was the uptake when when you kind of, like, set out this guidance to folks to say, now you do it using coroutines? Well, we, I don't think we ever recommended three different ways. We just didn't recommend anything. Uh, okay, I mean, but, the sample is worth using something, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I think that, that has been like super challenging. And we tried to tackle this, so I think 2016 or so, because there was like RxJava was picking up a lot. And we did like a UX research. So we do those things like beforehand, we did a UX research on developers using RxJava or like other concurrency solutions, like, you know, try to understand. And there is also really negative as in, I mean, there's nothing wrong about Arxiawa. It's just people struggle a lot. Uh, apparently, there's a many people who don't spend all of their time coding or they're not like super into this. Uh, so that's how like some of those initiatives failed. When coroutines came around, we 
thought is kind of the sweet spot of like easy, easy things are easy to get done. You don't necessarily need to understand. Doesn't mean you do it right, but you don't need to understand. It kind of works. That, that's the bar we are trying to hit. You know, you don't need to know all this like reactive streams theory to use these libraries. That was the main thing for us that, okay, this, you know, we can validate that this is doable. And then it goes back to, okay, we'll, we'll tell this to people, but we're not going to tell people to use, to stop using whatever they're using. That's just not not cool. Uh, so then like, okay, how do we write the interops, which is pain in the neck. Uh, so like we write this library, for instance, like another library is called data store, like just a simple key value store. It's written in Kotlin coroutines. And there's an Rx version of it where you wrap every single API yourself as a library so people can use it that looks like a first-class citizen from Rx. So there is like a very, very significant overhead of doing this. You change one API, especially during development, there's like six files get updated, like, you know, Guava, RxJava, RxJava3. You know, this it's just a lot of work. I don't want to complain about work here. It's, it's, not, it's not the goal. Uh, but like the considerations of like being able to say, okay, this is it, is a huge relief, but it's still a lot of work. It doesn't change the fact that we need to support all these things. And do you feel that... Uh coroutines has really kind of delivered on that initial kind of promise that you extracted where you said well this this is the way that makes things easier uh or to maybe to get started easier without needing all the theory well the jury's out on that <laughs> i can give you my perspective <laughs> i i believe it did uh now of course like many people in the android team have different goals like usually my perspective is can we make people write decently working apps without like being amazing engineers. And I kind of want to lower the bar. Like this usually what I personally focus. It's fine, it's not as efficient as it should be. Like want it to work to the end user. So from that perspective, uh, just doing something asynchronous in Kotlin is where you can copy paste. I mean, I love suspend functions. Just looks synchronous. You like, I, I think that lowers the bar so much that it's fine is magic and people don't understand because it's fine. Like we write a lot of code that we don't understand and that's okay. They don't need this. So in that sense, I think it did Delaware. Uh, now when things get more complicated with, uh, you know, structured concurrence, whatnot, we see people getting confused, but that's fine. They would get confused in any reactive streams library. Like I don't think it's as big as a deal as like people make on Reddit. Uh, so, I would say like uh, A, not an A plus maybe, but A or even an A plus. But do you, but do you at the same time do you think that it's becoming more complicated? True. I mean, as as more libraries are not adopted, it will become more complicated. But I don't think there's too much where I'm like I, I I think the simple usages of Kotlin courses is still very simple. Like today, if you want to use Compose, the new like asynchronous library, the new UI library of Android. Getting into a coroutine scope is just like one function. And now you can call in a suspend function from that. Oh, actually, that was one of the biggest things I liked very early on, that you couldn't call a suspend function unless you're in a suspending scope, that in a coroutine scope. That's a huge change because we get all these bugs on Android where someone makes a database call on the main thread. 
and the like application stops because the file system is like and like it, it worked 20 times they tried 21st time on the user's device it doesn't work it happens all the time like actually preventing people from being able to call something in my book is a huge win even though it confuses them on like why can i call this method it's a valid point very valid point yeah and one last thing like was it no, five, six years ago, there was another UX research we did, like asking people what is hard on Android. Now, this is like before Kotlin, before any of the like the edition libraries we had. And the top of the list was threading. Even like all the problems of Android, the top thing was people just didn't get threading. And so we don't expect people to get that. You just like, it's okay. Probably we all know it like half, at least myself. Uh, just want the tools to work good enough. Uh, and like anybody advanced, like I mean, anybody advanced, they're feel free to choose whatever they want anyways. So we don't like force feed people. Coroutines is like, you don't know what to do, use coroutines. And copy and paste this segment of code, <laughs> right, essentially. I mean, isn't that what we all do? I mean... <laughs> 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 exactly right <laughs> let's all be honest with ourselves you know maybe copilot can write suspending functions who knows <laughs> you said that that coroutines makes it possible for people to write well-functioning apps without diving too deep into into like the more complex stuff how what does that look like maybe with with your with your own applications that that you folks write uh do you try to keep things very simple have you gone all in on like all the advanced stuff that that Kotlin and the library ecosystem offers what does that look like uh well it is so from like in android we don't really have apps or at least like the group i work in where we focus on writing libraries for people we don't really have apps so we never get to fully do that that being said we work very close with like google apps and other Android apps that you'll find on your system. Uh, on those instances, especially at the scale of Google, like Google already had these like giant abstractions for all of its apps to do concurrency. So what they did was they started migrating them. So first with bridges, and then you, they, it's very similar for, for those groups where you say, okay, now we also support coroutines, but we will never rewrite all of Google with coroutines. It's just, not gonna happen. Uh, so we, we like all of the usages are in a way that that can interoperate properly. So we don't get to go like super super deep on what Coroutines provides. Uh, on the library side, though, like if you know all the all the flow API scoping, and I think that was one of the biggest things when I say like people can write code that's not going to misbehave. Uh, there is very simple things like with, with the structured concurrency, we give people use this scope if you are here. There's the like if, if you're in an activity which is like a screen on Android and you want to do something asynchronous, there's a scope we give to you. You use it, we're gonna cancel your work when you don't need it. And that just happens automatically. That kind of cleanups matter a lot. And that's why like I really, really like coroutines. Do you actually find that you get I mean, I don't know how much analysis you do uh, in, in terms of crashes of applications, um, or do you have, you know, if if folks submit their feedback around this, do do you have any data on that? And has, have you seen that reduce at all? 
Uh, I'm pretty sure we looked at it but like as part of the migration. Like we did have some numbers around it. I don't, they must be public. I don't know the top of my head. Okay. There was definitely now. This kind of data is like hard to trust. You cannot just say, oh, someone moved to Kotlin and the crash rate is like 5% lower. Maybe just be a correlation or maybe they're yeah. like a better developer. Then like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of... I, not, so one metric we were seeing, so for all these libraries we ship, uh, we look at which applications use it on Play Store. So that's something we can like track unless they strip the information. Uh, there's a huge correlation where we ship a new library you see like 90, 95% of the users already on Kotlin, even when the library is not in Kotlin. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, these libraries are better from Kotlin. It usually means, but if someone is picking up a, like a new alpha library, so they're really like eager to try new things, they probably already went through the Kotlin roads and like picked it up and completely migrated. So it's very, very hard to read these numbers. Okay, I'm going to ask a really, really stupid question here. Yeah, pretty much like every other question I ask. But how tied are all of the libraries that you work on to actually Android? I mean, can can people use these outside of Android applications? Uh, they want to. <laughs> if they want to. <laughs> yeah, that comes a lot. Uh, some of them are and some of them are not. So this, this project, like, Jetpack it used to be called support library. Like the whole reason this group of libraries were created was to fix the fragmentation problem on Android. So that like we when a new feature comes to Android, Jelly Bean, which is like you know many many years ago, you want to make sure it works like if on the older versions. In, in fact, in Jetpack we usually support till API fourteen. It's like eight years ago or something. So that was the whole reason why this group was established. You know attack the fragmentation so new features come here and we backport the old features using the libraries. Fast forward today is way different. Now we write, you know, we just forget about that. Like, you know, we just write the library all in the in this package. It's just going to work by itself. And it's not about backwards compatibility. Uh, it still handles backwards compatibility. But like, you know, one of the libraries we have is the database persistence library. It doesn't really have anything to do with Android. It does use Android APIs, but you have the SQLite database everywhere. So anyway, you have SQLite, technically you can run it. Uh, we haven't done the work, uh, but I heard you have some new like exciting technology that might help us do that work. Yeah, I was just, re it reminded me of when folks are using uh, Compose for Desktop and they're importing namespaces that says Android, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's been a huge internal debate. Wasn't there? Those those calls are not easy. Uh, but we did. So these packages were called like Android support many many years ago, and we decided, okay, clean slate. We're gonna refactor everything to this Android X package name. And we wrote the whole tooling that will like automatically refactor your app, but. There's some big companies that they couldn't even complete that migration yet. So we're not changing package names anymore. Like it's just too much of a pain. No. Uh, so, you know, if you don't like the Android X name on desktop code, I'm so used like type Alice. I'm sure Intel is kind of software. We are not. It is just so, so painful. I mean, it's still dealing with that. So like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, it's not, just not worth 
the effort of changing a package. Yeah, I, I mean, in fact, the whole reason that that um, we we added the feature of uh, collapsing imports twenty years ago was precisely <laughs> so that people don't see Android X. Now that's what we call foresight. Yeah, <laughs> that's great foresight. Amazing. Gotta, but, yeah, gotta yeah. really gotta gotta talk to Roman and get the get a proposal for uh, package name aliases into the language, right? So that I, people can use something else. <laughs> You cannot change some of the decisions, so it's an API. I, I'm sure this happens in the Kotlin like standard library or even coroutines. So it's very very hard to add APIs because you cannot remove them. Um, and this is actually a great segue because, well, if you could go back and you could change some of the decisions that you made, is there anything that you would have done differently in the in the journey with Kotlin? Oh wow, that's a very tough question. These are the questions you should tell me, Heidi, like ahead of time. So I, think <laughs> I didn't know he's going to ask that. He just came up with it. <laughs> uh, it's all improv. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like I think one of the it's got high side, but I think we could have been more aggressive internally when pushing for Kotlin. Uh, I, I say like I'm like super proud. I'm probably the first Kotlin committer. But I, the way I get it in was like, just let me do it. I'm not claiming anything else. I don't try to push it for the clients. I actually like one of the things. Okay, this this could count as a regret. Uh, the same year we shipped, uh, we, we announced Kotlin support. We also announced a bunch of like new kind of libraries. Like we call them architecture libraries. But it's basically, uh, they were the first non-support libraries in Jetpack. You know, we just this is how you architecture, you use these libraries, things are solved for you, blah, blah. When, of course, like, you know, we start writing them a year before that, whatnot. But, like, probably mid-time those during libraries, I did have a good idea that we would announce Kotlin at I.O., like, let's say, like, six months ago. But not, nothing was decided. Like, we had a committee, whatnot. I mean, even the committee was, like, not established. But I had a good feeling but I didn't try to push for it. Like, if we did, then all these new libraries are just in Kotlin. That would have been amazing because now, like, we're trying to move them to Kotlin and sometimes you cannot because you're going to break. Like, we actually ask features to, to the Kotlin team to add so we can migrate these libraries. It's so much pain. Like, I wish I was more bold, but I'm like, you know, what would happen if the decision didn't go through and we didn't end up calling? Like we like abandoned all these libraries uh, two days before lunch. I was saying, but at the end it worked out great and it was wonderful. And you know the 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 announcement was really exciting and it had its ups and downs. And so here's to here's to a wonderful seven, five, ten, five years, and uh, to to many more, I guess, moving forward. And like, to be honest. Kind of, I think I became a Kotlin fanboy, so I may not be very reliable source, but I, I think it did make a huge difference for, for Android or like even the for whole ecosystem. Uh, I don't know where we'll be without without Kotlin. Wow, that's awesome to hear. Maybe we'll be like Java 14. Maybe that would have happened. <laughs> I'm 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 just personally really glad that that you didn't say like, oh, probably we should have gone with Scala instead. So that was <laughs> that was good. All right. Uh, well, unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. So, uh, Yeet, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you and walking down memory lane, even into a time before my time. 
I need to look up that picture of those sneakers afterwards. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Um, and I hope we'll stay in touch and we'll see you maybe in some future episode. Who knows? Maybe. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, thanks for coming on and, and for everyone listening, uh, you know, let's do the obligatory nonsense that we have to do. Oh, sorry, did I say nonsense? Yes, um, hit the subscribe button, click that bell. Like the bell. And yep. uh, hit the like. Remember the dislikes are gone. Until next time. Take care. Bye-bye.